Welcome to The Conscious Living Show with your host, Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce and her husband, Dr. Mark Pierce. The health of your sex life reflects the health of other aspects of your life. While this may not be the only factor, it certainly contributes to the degree you'll enjoy a well-rounded, healthy, happy, sexy life. Now, here is Dr. Nancy and Dr. Mark. Well, good morning. You're listening to The Conscious Living Show. Good morning, Ben. Morning, dear. So we have some hot topics for you today, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. We like to stir things up. You know, my my whole premise for doing this show for the last 10 years really has been if, uh, you know, we sometimes can get complacent and not really pause to think about what we're doing, why we're doing it. Uh, we get a little bit unconscious. Right. We want to be logical. Yeah. Well, math rules. Math rules, but also we want to get real. We want to own our own stuff. We want to take responsibility. We want to learn. We want to grow. And uh, we want to just figure out ways to live a better, happier, healthier life. And so this whole show is about that. So today we have some hot topics. Absolutely. So the first one we're going to start with is one of my favorite topics. A general topic. A general topic. She never hardly ever talks about it. No. No. um, We want to talk about the word feminism and what that means and what that triggers for people. Because I do a lot of conversations with people all over the world. And feminism can definitely have some different triggers for people. What do you, what, well, how does it affect you? It, sometimes it sounds competitive instead of more descriptive, I think. I think I think we're trying to move into a world that's a little bit more kind and gentle. The, the need to go to war, we're hoping, uh, will decline as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's okay to uh, get rid of some of that testosterone and kind of soften up a little bit, I think. Do you think so? I mean, I, I don't think that uh, feminism is asking for men necessarily to change who being a man is. I think women, the, the whole point of feminism is to have a, have equal opportunity and to, and to really receive the same human rights as men have enjoyed since the beginning of time. So we're going back to the competitive side of feminism. Well, it's not competitive. We're not competing for human rights. There's there's no competitive for human rights. You you have human rights. We have not enjoyed human rights. All we want is the same rights that you have. It's not taking anything away from men. It's just enjoying the same freedoms so the, that the, men have enjoyed. So the movement is equalityism. Equalityism, egalitarianism, um, humanism. I mean, we you know. So why do why do we use the word feminism then? I don't know where where that word actually started. I think it was because it it had to be a feminist movement, just like um, it's a Black Lives Matter. It's a you know we have racial movements because there are groups of people who are held back because of the group that they belong to, whether it's a color or a gender or a sexual orientation, we we still have a lot of discrimination in our world. And so when you take a whole group and you, you block them from having human rights, you're going to get a movement because that now those people have to band together because individually women have been trying to find equality, but that doesn't change the laws. That doesn't change the rules. 
it might change in your relationship, but that's not that's not where it really matters. Well, certainly in some countries, it's more difficult than others in terms of terms of legal equality. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's under the law. You know, it's it's under the um, it's under the the, the recommendations of uh, how people, what people can get away with and how they're treated. I mean, it really, it was a, just at the turn of the, you know, the late, late 1800s uh, to, into the 19, early 1900s, women didn't have, women weren't their own property. No, I understand that. What, what year is it now, though? Uh, well, but the, in how long have humans been around? Well, yes. No, oh, you've come a long ways. <laughs> okay, so I, I the like fact it. that we're still having to fight for these things, I have to tell you, just pisses me off because, oh, it, you know, why are women still having to fight for equal rights? Why are black people still having to fight for equality? We're all human beings. The only group that has not had a movement to fight for equality has been men particularly light-colored men. And that's because they've always had the rights. They've always had them. Why fight for them? I, I mean, I have, I have, there's so many ignorant men out there who say, what do you mean, women have all the rights? No, we don't. You, but you can't know that if you're not a woman. So w- which ones don't you have, though, that would be helpful to, to have a list then? Well, that's a long list. It's, it's a long list. And if you go to a court of law, women are still not treated fairly. The, the, the rape laws have changed. The, the um, you know, women, I mean, the Me Too movement has created a lot of shift, but women are still um, not going forward with their claims because they're being fired. They're being harassed. So we still don't have an equal and fair system that supports both all genders and all people evenly. That that whole guilty and or innocent until proven guilty thing, it, it, that that doesn't fly for everybody. So <laughs> it's a very long list. Linda says it's a very long list. So I mean, it it is a long list. But just like with um, messaging, you know, we're we're given messages as we grow up about being a woman or being a man or being bi or tri or trans or whatever. We're given messages about those things. And if you're not a woman, you can't know the messages that women are given growing up. Men are shocked at how women are taught from the time we're little kids. That we have when we carry our keys, that we in, at, into a parking lot, we always carry a key between our fingers in case we need a weapon. Why? Have you ever thought of doing that? Oh, absolutely. Well, but you're a karate guy. That doesn't I mean, count. I mean, but most I men think, aren't taught that. I think I think we can't know what another person is thinking. So you you there's always going to be be differences. Uh, and similarities. I mean, we've we've seen examples of cultural beliefs propagated that are not in favor of women, propagated by women. So it's it's, it's very difficult to change, uh, but change is uh, occurring at a blistering pace. I think it's coming along just great. I think that you know the the reality is is that patriarchy, which has ruled. Um, our cultures for a very long time has definitely had a negative influence on both men and women. 
it, it is it's a harmful construct, and so it um, you know it it creates some havoc with how men and women navigate and how what we believe, and so the Conscious Living Show is really about kind of pausing and saying, all right, well, how do these beliefs? affect me? What is what is really happening with my belief model and how I'm treating other women? I mean, women have been slut shaming other women for a long time. Right. And we're just now kind of becoming aware of, you know, that's not cool. You know, right. we've got to stop that. If, if you if you want to change something and uh, and you're moving towards something that's truly good, you you want to have as much of a consensus as you can. So if you have men, if you're dividing people up, men and women, you want to have as many of those men on your side as possible. So men starting to embrace some of the feminine comp- concepts is 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 really good. That's really good. They're human concepts, though. I mean, I think that the reality is is that we we're all human beings, and having men on our side, I would think men would want women on their well, you, side. You, 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 this is where we, we, you can see we have great discussions, but you, you have to start off with a certain set of concepts and not keep changing things on me. If, are we talking about <laughs> talking about masculine and feminine? Or are we egalitarian? So about the time I say I like some of the women's concepts, you say, "Well, that's a human concept." Right. Well, so, because so let's quit talking about men and women's concepts. Right. Let's just talk about human concepts. Okay, I'm in. Th- I'm in for that. All right, all right. I like that. So we're on the same page. E- if, equity and equity and inequality. Because I think if you if you just if you start to make it competitive, and then when we try to compete and go along, you change it again. We're going well. Okay, I don't. I don't get this. I don't understand. But and you need our support. We, we it's, need, your, it's your job to help us understand. We need our support. We need everybody's support. And you know, it's it's really a matter of um, it's really a matter of trying to have a compassionate understanding of wh- why we feel the way we feel and what we're what we're doing with that. And so the more we can have these conversations and express where we come from and what we believe, then we can maybe we can come to some uh, deeper understanding. I'm curious about what your list is there. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about equality. And, you know, when we talk about gender or sexuality or, um, you know, Equity and equality, those are kind of playful words. I like to play with those words, Mm -hmm. you know, because equity is really fairness and equality is how we deliver that fairness. And so we really want to make sure that people feel, all people feel like they have a fair shot at the life that they desire. Right, right. And that's freedom. Right. I mean, that to me, that's freedom. If, when we have the freedom to express, explore and live our lives on terms that aren't hurting, hurting anybody else, but they are terms that are true to who we are, not having other people, you know, criticize us for who we are and how we think. Um, that's a that's a fair and equitable society. And I think we'd all get along a lot better. Fair and equitable. Love it. Fair and equitable. All right, so we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about workplace um, 
guidelines in terms of what what's necessary now to make a company or a business really blossom and function as on the top of their game. So we're going to take a little break. Um, this is The Conscious Living Show. You can find us on YouTube, The Conscious Living Show, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communications specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to the conscious living show to reach the doctors or their guest on the live show feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 or send an email to dr nancy at drnsp.com now back to the conscious living show welcome back you're listening to the conscious living show and this is our uh, second segment of the show today. Yeah. Did you notice my shirt, dear? I did. You have, it was to say, simplify. Yeah. Life yeah. is simplify good. Yeah. But you know why I really wore it? <laughs> why? Because it's, it's an example of equality. Okay. Yeah? yeah. All right. Why is that? Because if you can show your nipples, I can show mine. There. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out to everybody. <laughs> Okie dokie, artichoke. Well, you've been on such a nipple. <clears throat> I'm on. I'm on. A, I'm on. I'm on the nipple brigade. <laughs> no, you are. You really are. Free so, the nipples. So I thought I'd wear a sheer shirt and show, <laughs> show them off. Nipples. There we go. E- equality. Yeah. Yeah, we want to. We should just embrace all of our nipples. All mammals have them, right? 
<laughs> okay, so what are we talking about? Workplace equality so Absolutely. or flexibility, workplace flexibility. So why is that such a big deal right now? What's happened? Well, I think it has several several uh, areas of interest for me. Uh, one, of course, is I'm running a small company and I want to retain employees. But I think on a broader scale, it ties back into our first topic, talking about equality with men and women. Mm-hmm. And, and workplace flexibility is something that's critical uh, as families are working to support themselves, not just one person, you know, a homemaker, the old model, homemaker, worker. Um, that model worked great until the inequalities created an imbalance in the relationship itself. Now everybody's working um, mm-hmm. and is productive, so we need a different employment model for it to work out. And what's interesting is, and what I was trying to get in the last segment, is that men are buying into this model. They're willing to make the changes that are important uh, that women have said is, is critical for them to be able to be comfortably in the workplace. And that is flexibility. Mm-hmm. And it becomes obvious when you see your kids working. Right. We have a couple children working as school teachers, and they're exposed to everything that comes around. Their kids are in daycare. They're frequently ill, and they're going to miss days at work. And they need flexibility in their jobs in order to meet their responsibilities to their children. Because when they're sick, they can't go to daycare. If they don't have extended family around, they need, they need uh, flexibility in their workplace to be able to manage that i think each generation finds something excuse me they find something from their parents generation that they like and some things that they don't like and i think our parents generation were they were pretty traditional um mom stayed home dad worked mom worked only when dad's income wasn't enough for whatever they needed to do to survive and Yet fathers were not very involved in their children's lives. And so when we grew up, then our, our, we, our fathers had very little relationship with us. And I think a lot of men felt like they missed out on having, having those relationships because then my father as a grandparent was very different. And I think that the kids growing up realized that having both parents or all parents, however many parents you have, as involved in your children's lives really makes a difference in the quality of and, life. And, and what you just did there is what is essential in this feminist movement is to try to understand the other person's perspective on what they're dealing with. It isn't just your own personal perspective. It's trying to understand the others. Right. And men are embracing the workplace flexibility and not having the burden of being the primary or the sole uh, income generator for the family unit. That's an old model based on many years of tradition and and it's changing. And it needs to change because that inequality, uh, although may have been more efficient in some ways, created an imbalance in the relationship and and so people were sometimes trapped and treated unfairly. So for fairness, we need that balance, and for that balance, we need more flexibility. Right. And um, that comes at a price, though. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm sure it, it probably comes at, at a price, but is it the same, but is it the same price that it, came, that it came with before? You know, I mean, how we were doing it before came at a price. 
And the price right, was right. the quality of life for in the health of men and women, the quality of their family life, their work-life balance. Yeah. And I think that 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 phrase work-life balance has become kind of a pretty much a key phrase in a lot of people's uh, goals and aspirations because they want to be able to have time to play and enjoy the fruits of their labor. So, you know, my, my dad, I don't know that in his later life, he really, he really had a lot of fun. And he, he held back spending his money thinking that it was his duty to leave his kids money instead of enjoying his life fully. And, and I remember feeling kind of a guilt about that. You know, it was like, why, why are you doing this? I don't need your money. I'm going to make my own. I, you know, I, I, I'm good. Enjoy your life. Well, that's a whole other topic, though. Right. Because, yeah. I mean, that's just understanding his his role. But workplace, right. fle- workplace flexibility um, is creating uh, all kinds of uh, waves throughout everybody else's uh, world. So employers need to embrace it. But there's a cost for the employers, and, and that is is as that they cannot pay their employees as much if they're going to be missing days and not working overtime and benefits and all of those things come into play. But uh, so employees have uh, now decided that they will downsize. And so mm-hmm. there's a downsizing going on with the millennials to make uh, as another statement that they're willing to go along with workplace flexibility so all of this is coming together quite nicely and 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 it will be hard for the other generations to understand that don't you want more and more and more and they're saying no you know i think netflix is enough i don't need that we were looking 700 channels well there was there was one hundred and some dollars for cable complete cable and we used to pay that uh but not anymore because we're not making the money we're not making the money we used to. We're willing to take less for that flexibility. Well, and I think you realize, too, that you have to spend that much money on having the availability of all these channels that you're not going to have the time to watch because you've got to go out and earn the money to buy the channels. You know, it's like how many hours can you sit and watch TV um, when you're working and you have a family and you've got all these things that you're trying to balance so I think there is well, you might people argue are having to you, pick and choose. You live in a one-room house that everybody's going to be reading books because you can't have the noise of a TV on. There you but, go. <laughs> but the reality is, is that we're going to is that the new ages, the, the the millennials are are starting to ask for a downsizing. We have many homes. We have you know more more uh, single car homes. You know people are downsizing. But what's with these big cars people are having? I mean, no, nobody wants a little car now. Everybody's buying SUVs. Well, that's because they only have one car, and it has to do everything. Uh. used to have a pickup and a, an economy car, and the pickup would only be used at certain times of the day. You know? I think we've talked about in past shows, but the fire um, philosophy. Well, that- that's another defensive arrangement there because of people who are being passive-aggressive about trading their time for money. What does it stand for? Um, financial independence retire early there's i think that people realize that time is the common denominator no matter how you try to separate and be equal we all only have a certain amount of time i mean even the billionaires only live a certain length of time and all that money doesn't buy them additional time i mean i guess steve jobs got a liver he got a few extra years 
and and his liver was controversial because he could fly in a jet and get there and get it, but. <laughs> But I don't think anybody begrudged him his liver uh, for all that he provided but for the world. Time is precious. I mean, we talk about the YOLO concept a lot. You know, it's like, right. uh, you know, we're all we're all moving through at the same pace. So wasting our time um, chasing something um, that maybe isn't going to give us that life joy that we want. And I think so. I think a lot of people are deciding that they'll they'll do with less. And have um, have more quality. Right, right, and and that's an old saying, but I think it's now starting to ring true for this generation. Now it's fighting them because of school loans and everything is is so expensive. Things are escalating in terms of costs, but flexibility and time seem to be the common denominators. I love it because how how much easier it's going to be to achieve equality in this world because people only have the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so when we, how we measure equality is really getting more interesting to me. You know, we always measure it based on how much money we have, right. how much opportunity we have. But really it's about how much time we have and how we choose to spend our individual time. Because I can go out on Whiskey Town Lake with my sailboat and there's no environmental stress, and it's easy, and it doesn't cost anything. It's an old boat. So what's that? What's that saying? Work, work to live, not live to work. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and yet capitalism will fight us a little bit and push back, and and you're going to feel that pushback. That the go around is to downsize and need less, and of course our environment will do better at that as well. Years ago, when we had the Diabetes Center, um, and I saw hundreds and hundreds of people dealing with this thing called diabetes and how it affected their life quality, it really made me realize at a young age that um, our health bank is probably the most important bank we can invest into. And just like just like our financial bank, you know, we put money in and it grows. So does our health. And so people waiting to invest into their health or the quality of their relationships, yeah. uh, all of those, you know, how your kids' relationships, um, so all of those things matter. Pulling it all the way back, workplace workplace flexibility, yeah. PT time for the firemen, the policemen, the, yeah. the forestry service guys. How how would that be to be? paid to work out to take care of your body well really what it does you know it's not going to matter either way you're going to make less money but it creates a discipline that's required for the job so so now we're using our workplace flexibility to create discipline so all right the workplace becomes real critical here all right we're going to take a break we're going to we're going to stop the show take a little break and when we come back we're going to be talking about the conversion therapy founder uh, who uh, has had some surprises come out. So join us back here in um, about a minute and a half, and we'll do our third segment of the Conscious Living Show. Go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, so you don't miss out on these segments when I put them up later. Be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communications specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel is a program that explores emotional management for a healthier lifestyle. On each program, we discuss ideas that support emotional well-being, such as mental illness, relationships, parenting, and family connections, and much more. If you are facing challenges in your life, you can grow and learn by exploring new techniques in dealing with stress, anxiety, and relationships. Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel airs live Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Show, and Mark and I are here today talking about some really interesting things to us. We hope they bring some interest in conversations to you. We're all about stimulating conversations, right? Absolutely. Logic and how you're thinking, mathematics. So we're going to talk a little bit now about the conversion therapy and the founder of conversion therapy. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what is conversion therapy, it is a, a style of therapy that was designed to cure people of being gay. And this guy created this system about 20 plus years ago. And, you know, we always say that, what's that saying? Thou doth protest too much or something like that. So this guy definitely had had a thing out for people who were gay and used his church uh, format. We have a local church in Reading called Bethel that does the same thing. And, you know, he's he's just officially come out as gay and uh, has now talking about, and he's not the first person to, that has come out as gay who has promoted and propelled the movement of conversion therapy. And what he's saying now is just now he's coming out with how much he has been suffering for 20 years, you know, feeling guilt and shame and fear and blame and all of these uh, emotions that really have uh, ruined his quality of uh, you life. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't look into this. Um, did he fail his conversion therapy? Yes. <laughs> well, well, and you know, the reality is everybody fails it. I mean, you can't turn somebody that's gay into being hetero or somebody that's hetero into being gay. Uh, these things just, it, this is a myth. 
So, but we have these these religions that really push this judgment around human sexuality. They find something in the Bible that they can twist around and make uh, about this. And, you know, it's, a, it's absurd what we do to other human beings who don't match up with how we see the world. It's, it really is. It's cruel and absurd. So... Well, Dr. Ted had that mission when he first started. He did. He was sent out by the Methodist Church to cure homosexuality. This was back in the 70s. And he, as a Methodist minister, doctor, this is, we're talking about Dr. Ted McLevena, uh, went out to try to cure homosexuality. And lo and behold, he came back to the church and said, you know, before I do that, perhaps I should learn more about human sexuality to begin with. Why, why did he say that, though? Well, because he just thought it was mean to go out and judge and shame people for being who they were happy to be. But I thought also he said he wasn't doing a very good job. Well, and he was failing, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and I think that was, that for me, that's the critical concept there is that... Right. Is that... He he took time to reevaluate whether or not what he was doing was effective because right. people are going to try things all of the time, and that's how we make progress. We try and we fail, but I think other people get finances and uh, other other uh, pressures placed on them. If you're making your life's living by converting people and selling a conversion program, yeah, um, it gets hard to be objective about that and. And uh, just took this gentleman 20 years to realize that he was making himself miserable. Now it'll be interesting to see if he realizes that that he was making others miserable. He as is. He's, he's well. feeling horrible guilt. Yeah. And um, and so always reflecting back on what you're doing and is it effective is 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 critical and especially in the medical science. Right. We get it wrong all the time. Yeah. Well, here's here's another issue with the conversion therapy. Um, it program and that there's there's two academies that uh, people refer to in terms of the science behind conversion therapy because there's a lot of research that's been done in this field this isn't un, undocumented that conversion therapy does not work but there's one group so that we have the American Academy of Pediatrics and then we have the American College of Pediatricians. They both sound very official, right? A lot of people think they're one and the same. But when you dig a little deeper, the American Academy of Pediatrics, which was founded in 1930 and has 64,000 plus members, that has been doing the science and the research on pediatric health and wellness. That's the real McCoy. The American College of Pediatricians, however, which still sounds pretty official, was founded in 2002. It has between 60 and 200 members, and their primary focus is advocating against homosexuality and transgenderism. That's their primary goal. So if you go to their website, that's all you're going to find is anti-gay, anti-trans. This woman came out with this horrible uh, video that depicted uh, that allowing a child to express their transsexuality was child abuse. 
I mean, she was violent about it. Yeah. And and this is not a real organization. They have no scientific basis. They are not recognized by the American Academy of Pediatrics as a valid uh, organization. So just beware when you're looking for research on these things and you're trying to understand where people are coming from, dig deep before you make your assessments. You know, this is awkward because we, we've often felt uh, our my individual belief is that is that you don't indoctrinate uh, children uh, uh, before adulthood into religion. And, uh, mm-hmm. and of course, that's self-serving. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in religion. But I do believe that adults have the a better mental capacity to do that, uh, to make their own personal choice, whereas an indoctrinated child cannot. But the issue of gender uh, preference and gender identity uh, come up much earlier, and that complicates it because they're still under the parents' uh, umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're evolving children and evolving adults, and it's under that umbrella that this all comes to into importance. Most people <coughs> know their sexual orientation about around the age of three, so. If you think back to your childhood, you you knew who you were attracted to. And so if we if we set the tone that we're going to punish or criticize or chastise our children for who they like, who they're drawn to, um, we're only going to do them harm. And we're only going to teach them to lie to us. So it's it's really important that you as before people become parents or when their babies are firstborn, that they do some introspection and figure out what their judgments and their fears are and to really get educated. This is a very important time for uh, freedom and equality and an egalitarian society where people are treated fairly. And so it doesn't, it's not fair to judge or shame somebody because of who they are whether it's because they're a woman or a man, because they're black or white, because they're gay or straight. So we really want to be mindful of how we're treating other human beings. I, I You know, I still like the term humanist. Right. You know, that, that we really want to um, stay awake. And it, 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 But this is such a complex subject. I mean, one of the things that happens to me at the clinic uh, so often is that somebody will come in and, and you cannot tell the gender of the child based on the dress and their appearance. Okay. And when you get it wrong, you're chastised uh, terribly. And so it's, it's kind of fascinating. Uh, you know, so you try to start being more gender neutral with yeah, all, of your, all of your, you know, it's like saying, oh, you know, how far along are you and finding out somebody's not pregnant. <laughs> It's never a good thing, you know, but it's, it's not with intention that I do that. And yet I get this fire coming back that I've misidentified their child because they know what their child is, but nobody else does because they're not, they're not dressing them along the lines of norms of, for gender. And it's, it's very interesting. I have, I have a cure for that. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of people are doing now is on their intake forms, they ask what, how you would like to identify, what are the pronouns you like to be referred to as? And I did this in my group in Jamaica, and it was really interesting. There were some women in the group who preferred to be uh, referred to as he. So, you know, you can, you can say, you know, you know, my name's Nancy and I, my pronouns are she and her. Um, 
so we, but then we at least give that person a chance to identify themselves. We're not, it's not up to us to identify anybody. It does what really, what does it matter? You know, what I, what I think you are, what you look like is irrelevant. It's how you want to identify. And then I want to honor that. So it's better just to ask and have that on the intake form. Then there's no, there's no question. What pronouns do you want? Well, it's, it's difficult because we do have gender dress preferences and such like that. But that's, but that's only specific to the person individuality, not to anybody else's judgment. So I think we, we need to, we need to stop trying to judge other people. Is that person gay? Is that person a girl? Is that person a boy? What does it matter? You know, unless you want to have sex, unless you're going to have sex with somebody, you probably don't need to know. Right. 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 So do you, do you want to leave clues or not or or not? You know? Maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's because some people want to be more ambiguous. Yeah, well, and if, if you're ambiguous, then don't get mad when people uh, guess wrong. Well, but if you're ambiguous, it's just a they. Right. Stay stay neutral. If you don't, if you can't tell, they're not they're not expressing it with however they're pre- presenting themselves. Then they they prefer the they. You yeah, know, just you, yeah. you can be safe with that. All right, we're about ready for another break. Um, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about another hot topic, which is new vaccine laws in California. And I don't know how this is spreading across the country. California does seem to always kind of go over the edge or off the cliff or up the mountain. I'm not sure which. So we're going to talk about the vaccine, the new vaccine law that was passed and maybe get some input. These are all going to be up on the YouTube channel, which is the Conscious Living Show. Uh, go to YouTube. You can find it. Please subscribe today so that you don't miss out on anything we put up there later. All right. We'll be right back here after the break. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the fourth segment of The Conscious Living Show. Well, we've had some interesting segments so far. and We have. Um, Always uh, interesting to get a feeling for how everybody's thinking about these concepts. Right. And we do love the interaction and the commentary um, from our guests. So if you would like to write us uh, your your perceptions, your perspectives, or ideas for future shows, please give us a, a, a shout out. You can either find us on Facebook or message through the YouTube channel, which is The Conscious Living Show, or email me at drnancy at drnsp.com. I think, you know, before we jump into the vaccine concept, uh, Linda had an interesting concept uh, about the conversion therapy and gender identity. And I think that is one of the big controversies is whether or not these are social constructs or their DNA uh, unavoidable uh, intrinsic uh, parts of your personality i mean so i think that's an ongoing battle right now if you can teach boys and girls to interchange activities then what's a boy and what's a girl and if you can do that then how would a dna enter in how would dna know to select which one and and how all that interacts is very complex and that's where the controversy comes in so the reasons for the controversy it's not it's just not meanness. There's there's definitely confusion on how to how to get through all of this. Well, and I think the other interesting thing about that topic is that, you know, we've always had multiple genders and multiple identifications. That's been that since the beginning of time. But we in this in in, in our culture have tried to put everybody into the two boxes: the male or the female, masculine or feminine. That's from patriarchy, trying to put people in boxes so we know who gets the rights and who doesn't. Well, that those were the most straightforward boxes right but But they're really not that straightforward we're discovering the more we understand biology and uh, sexuality and gender identification the more we realize that they are not that straightforward so there's we've tried to make them straightforward but it's just not so there's it should not be confusing at all that there's a lot of confusion (laughs) we're learning and i think people rather than making harsh judgments and criticizing and pathologizing we need to try to be more compassionate and understand i think once a person has developed and is an adult and has their identity um they're, they're probably, it is fixed and, and there does need to be compassion about how they move through their life mm-hmm. for all of us. Um, uh, what's happening with children, that's going to continue to evolve. That's can you imagine being a 12-year-old boy when you were 12 and your parents saying, no, 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 you have to like boys. No, no, you can't like girls. You have to like boys. And trying to force you or berate you into liking the gender that they felt you should like. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's what we're doing to kids by saying you need conversion therapy and so on. All right. So that those are our last uh, segments. So if you missed those, you can come back Always and find them later. Yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about vaccine laws. Oh, no controversy there. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> the governor of California just passed uh, a law 
um, so that they can discipline doctors for giving out uh, vaccine waivers, basically. Okay. And I guess you were reading the law. If we if we write more than five vaccine waivers, then we're subject to review. Right. And um, and if a school has less than ninety five percent vaccine rate, they're subject to a review. So it'll be interesting to see if along with these laws, they they gave guidelines as to what is a legitimate vaccine waiver. Well, it was interesting because, you know, I saw that back in 2015, I think it was, um, the law was passed that your personal beliefs weren't sufficient for having that waiver. Right, right. So... It, it would be interesting to see <clears throat> what is acceptable because there's no science that backs it. Well, know? I think and I we think, know community-wise, it's not it's not going well to not vaccine. Not well, vaccinate. I think I think what's happening is is that you still have the right to choose whether you're vaccinated or not, but then it starts to infiltrate into what what you're able to do um, in, in terms of. Um, yeah, participating in schools and public gatherings and such. And that's where it gets, you know, that's where the, the grind is, so to speak, with the vaccine laws. But I, I think going back to doctors, uh, the effect that this law will have really is, is that doctors will not write uh, vaccine um, waivers right. and unless you have very clear documentation of a prior adverse uh, reaction. So a personal belief is not going to cut it. It's going to have to be documented prior adverse reaction. Our our niece uh, developed uh, neutropenia following a vaccine. It was very easy to measure the low white count. It was temporary, but it uh, it was really low. it was scary. She yeah. ended up spending time at UCLA getting worked up for for possible leukemia and such. So even if that was not it was maybe more of a coincidence. How would you know? And I think that's a legitimate waiver. But you're going to have to have had an adverse effect to 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 be able to avoid them in the future, based on the law that was passed in California. And very few doctors are going to write waivers, so you had to figure out a different way to get past the vaccine laws or create schools that don't require it, or homeschool or. It's very, very awkward. So, so just give us a, a snippet of why are people still so afraid of vaccines? What's going on? What what has what has come spurred this on? <clears throat> well, I think that you know there are side effects to vaccines. They're very, very, very few and minimal, and the and the advantages of vaccines are obvious. So, the community standard is to proceed and accept the risk of the vaccine. Some people are so risk adverse, they will not accept any risk, and they put others at risk. Their behavior puts other people who are not eligible for vaccines, say you've had chemotherapy, cannot have a live vaccine. So having an epidemic is very adverse for that patient. They have a legitimate reason. and um, But they don't realize they're putting their kid at risk for getting exposed to those illnesses that have wiped out children. Right, right. Well, I, I think it's very fascinating when they try to use the argument that vaccines are not effective. Right. That's that's misinformation because you can look at the curves and see that diseases that used to ravage our children are now uh, minimalized and very controlled. And uh, nobody wants to have had smallpox. 
I mean, a lot of people died of smallpox. And if there was a vaccine for HIV, you can bet a lot of people would take that vaccine rather than the risk. Uh, but people, uh, some people are so risk adverse and afraid of health science, they, they choose not to participate. Right. So we are seeing more outbreaks of measles. So if people didn't get their boosters or their vaccines as children, um, can they get them as adults? Or if they had an ad- adverse reaction as a child, can they get them as adults? Well, I think it depends on the adverse reaction. I mean, I think, uh, you know, a high fever as a child may be more difficult to control than a high fever as an adult. Mm-hmm. So fever would be a relative contraindication for a vaccine. What about the neutropenia? That, that for me, that's an absolute contraindication. Yeah. I mean, if you if it affects your ability to make white blood cells, and you develop a, a, if your bone marrow goes away, you're you're going to die. Toast. So so that's uh, that's for sure an adverse reaction. But I think but so the so the law is really just trying to hold people accountable and not not let people just make these uh, inadvertent decisions that can have a global uh, impact on other people. And we, we really need to investigate, educate and become aware of what are the benefits and risks of everything we do. Right. We just we just had a pretty aggressive measles uh, outbreak here in the United States and. There, there are going to be children that are permanently harmed from having measles. And a lot of those children maybe didn't have the option of getting a vaccine. So we try to get over that critical mass vaccine rate to protect those children. Describe real quick, what is neutropenia? Oh, neutropenia is a very, very low white blood cell count. So your body can no longer protect itself from any infections. So all infections will Cold, sore throat, take you out. Yeah, herpes, cold, sore, whatever. Basically would yeah. die uh, from an infection, a regular infection at that point. Okay. But I think so anyway, so the vaccines... Um, you know, we want to get past critical mass. And if you look at the number of people that were hurt from vaccines and the number of people are going to hurt from this measles outbreak, more people are going to get hurt from this measles outbreak. All right. So we're about ready to end the show. We will be back. Um, we're going to be in Europe for the next two weeks. So I'm going to be teaching on the Desire Experience cruise ship. And I'm going to be teaching my Oasis and some really fun things. So if we're able to, we'll do a live from uh, from Europe. But I can't promise when or if that'll happen. So we will for sure be back in a couple of yeah. weeks. So to the do first our, of October, look for us on Facebook. Yes, Facebook and um, the YouTube channel, The Conscious Living Show. Till then, laugh more, love harder, and kiss longer. Mm. All right. Bye. Make it a great day. Thank you for joining us this week for The Conscious Living Show. Be sure to join Dr. Nancy, Dr. Mark, and their guests next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have a healthy, sexy week in every way.